a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now I'm joined by Janine and Nigel from Hate Rock. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. It's like it's a beautiful sunny day in Melbourne. It's a beautiful spring morning. Mm, nice, so nice. That's what we need. Same here in um, Dunedin and um, Aotearoa, of course. Um, right, right off the back, this this album, Rhinestone, uh, the sound of the record was surprising, which in itself was kind of surprising because I shouldn't um, be surprised by anything you do. I should I should expect the unexpected, I believe. Um, there's kind of reta- a retention of some past, uh, but it's done in a new way, a new sound. What kind of formed the base of this record? What was the first block you built it on? Um... We started with uh, a couple of the songs which are in the middle of the record, the kind of the jumping off point. Um, After I picked myself up an acoustic guitar, really, Mm. um, we had an idea of um, just rocking up to our local pub and setting up in the front bar and just bashing out an acoustic and vocal set, which is very far removed from our normal... Um, yeah. Live show. There's something. Yeah. There was something in that image um, which kind of inspired us to write more songs in that vein. Yeah, um, it was definitely a front bar, a front bar vibe. Like um, of people. There was definitely like a, a beer and heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, making people and, cry in the front bar. Kind like, of yeah, vibe. smoky room. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, I don't know, like, you know, we, we'd play big kind of club shows and stuff, but we've always got this tendency to kind of want to go smaller, I think. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that was part of it. Um, then combined with lockdown, not really enjoying electronic music with beats as such, being drawn more to... make me feel a bit sick at the moment. Yeah, being drawn to, yeah, country and folk and all these kind of genres that were felt like new territory for us and yeah we just kind of wanted to um bring that into our world mm. when was the last time you picked up an acoustic guitar nigel oh when i was a teenager i had an acoustic a classical which i learned on for a year um and i may have owned a steel string guitar when i was 15 but then promptly sold it because i wasn't really interested and um yeah, like I've, you know, when the band started, I've had one electric guitar that was in a strange tuning, so I'd kind of forgotten, like, traditional, conventional chords. Um, so getting an acoustic, you know, whilst I didn't have access to my electric um, in lockdown, learning to play it, playing, you know, classic songs that I'd taught myself um, for really the purposes of entertaining my my son and um yeah just learning chords again and trying to figure out oh what can we do with like can you know standard chords and chord progressions um yeah can we do anything that suits us um yeah that was kind of a nice challenge yeah it sounds like the band's on like an, an opposite um ascension to to, to most groups where they were uh, all musicians where they would begin with um, that kind of guitar by yourself folky type thing in a small space and then discover electronic music you guys have kind of done it backwards yeah it's a little backwards in ways 
But I think we're always, even from the very beginning of our, of our band, when Sean was here and we our first release was called Nostalgia, mm. I think we've always got in the forefront of our mind, you know, what we really enjoy in music and how we don't want that to escape from us. That's yeah. the, um, so sometimes going backwards to go forwards. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you always want to um, discover new stuff, right? And new tastes. And you don't want to yeah. rest on even what you're listening to. I mean, I, at the moment, I'm in the middle of like a midlife crisis and I'm going back to the stuff I listened to when I was 15 and thoroughly enjoying it. But still, I'm discovering new oh, stuff right. as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. I feel like our last album, Venus and Leo, had a little bit of that energy, that teen, we, the revisiting of the teenager. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. I wanted to call this record Midlife Crisis for a moment. <laughs> um, but, you know, when we started, I think we kind of rejected a lot of things, you know? Like, we rejected songwriting changes, like chord changes were, like, yeah. a huge thing, Um And it's kind of interesting when you, yeah, um, as the years pass, you kind of, like, accept some of those things back in. And that's, I guess, yeah, a trajectory more than anything. There's a dark Americana um, run through through the record, and it's firmly noted as one of the inspirations. Um, but also, um, you know, there's this kind of, you know, listening to it, for me, there was this journey through, like, a dimly lit streetscape. Uh, it's a nighttime driving record to me. Like, I, yeah. I, could, I could put this on in the car and go driving around semi-abandoned streets. That's, that's yeah. the feel. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, that, that it's a car album and mm. also um, listening to the demos has been that um, that atmosphere, driving around empty streets, listening to demos. So a lot of the craft has come out through that, um, that landscape you're talking about that's probably leaked into it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, every day I'd be driving to um, our studio at John's place in the Dandenong Ranges so it's a drive out of the inner city along the highway but at some point kind of two thirds of the way in the trees just become enormous and the hill starts to rise and that kind of change from the city to um, yeah the mountain every day I'm sure yeah. has some sort of impact and I'm listening yeah. back to the recordings and trying to think of how we're going to shape the songs and yeah I love that I love um, it's the same here in Dunedin with the um, the country and the and, and the hills and empty spaces so close to the city. You yeah, know? yeah, you could yeah. you could go over one hill and you're not even you wouldn't even know the city was on the other side anymore. That's, yeah, very similar. Yeah, um, yeah. very similar to up here. If it, you feel like you're in the um, landscape of Jurassic Park, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, because it, it, it predominantly the the trees and the ferns haven't changed since the beginning of time, and then yeah. but it's it's kind of you know peppered with all these beautiful um, coloured, um, I guess imported trees like rhododendrons and camellias and things. And but yeah, as you say, like over the hill is the the highway in the city. Yeah. Um, now talk to me about fast friends. Now, I found a lot of humour in the song. I don't know if I was meant to, but I certainly did. Um, yeah, like. Um, I don't think um, the way that we met was... Oh, don't you think the way that we met was kind of unreal? Don't you think that the way that we talk, it's about all the real stuff? Um, yeah, I found humour in that line. Was I supposed to? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
it's that that point when you're um, just so enamored with someone who's quite dangerous and bad for you, and you're um, you're just so attracted. They're so charming, and they've probably said something incredibly witty, and you know something didn't quite add up. Um, but you don't really question it as much as you should, yeah. and you ignore all the you ignore all the alarm bells because it's five a.m. at a house party. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Um, I could smell the MDMA on that song. <laughs> what could you smell? MDMA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, it's um, it actually was inspired by um, when uh, years ago, like I don't know, almost ten years ago, more. When um before a show, I thought I was doing a cheeky line of cocaine, but it was actually ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, our that was the first show that um our manager came to see us to see if he wanted to manage us. Right. And he yes, he said to me before I went on stage, "Are you okay? Are you all right?" So that kind of snuck in there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had no. I the whole backstage had become liquid, and and nothing was making sense at that point. <laughs> Magic. Magic. Um, can you? Well, New Zealand police can't get me, so I can talk about anything really. Yeah, I'm keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me about the laugh. At the start of um, Sunlight Feels Like a Beast thing. What were you laughing at? That's just real life when you're um, making music with um, with your bandmate. And these are the things that usually get cut out before it's, you know, before a take. Mm. But we kept a lot of the realness in this time. There's like, um, there's a count, there's a counting in in one song, there's taps on guitar. There's some real, you know, room ambience that sometimes me and Nigel are playing at the same time. It's, um... Yeah, there's probably cats meowing and all sorts Yeah. Of, yeah, we just left it all in. Yeah, like um, that. that laugh sounds nice because it's so percussive, I guess. Like, it's a pretty nice kind of sudden start to a song. Mm. Yeah, John was kind of keen on it. it, it to put like it in it. context, it would have been... Myself and Nigel do so many different takes to our songs, um, and some may argue too many takes. But um, <laughs> it would have been, you know, we might have been a, probably a little bit del- delirious or a bit exhausted, and it would have been like, okay, now I'm going to do a really dramatic vocal, and then it would have been like, okay, dramatic vocal, let's go. And it, I probably laughed. So you, you know what I mean? Like, well, it just made me laugh then when you said it. So. <laughs> <laughs> <I understand. laughs> Um, um, how did you how do you write this how did you write this record was it completely collaborative on all aspects or something else I know we're always completely collaborative Um, Fast Friend actually had an interesting beginning I think Um, started off as an idea in a dream of yours John is that right I think it took pretty like um yeah. What did I? Can you? Remember? You had a dream that you were hearing on the speakers, like some, like n- number one, like some like hugely exciting. Oh God! Of course. Techno track or something, but it had a melody or something. Yeah. Yeah, and I that melody. We were jamming on that melody. Yes, I do remember that now. Um, Which isn't I had in a dream the final that, that we'd written. Um, like the biggest hit of the world 
and we were playing to like a Glastonbury crowd, this banging techno track, but it broke into this um, hooky melody and I was able to capture the melody in my iPhone and then we just, that was the beginning of this song. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. Yes, I do remember that. There was actually a lot of, uh, maybe there was a, about three, three dreams where those melodies, uh, melodies were given to me somehow. But that, yeah, one definitely made the album. A couple of them um, didn't, but that one did. Yeah, but you've saved those ones for a later date. Maybe a big techno track. Oh, they're terrible. It <laughs> doesn't mean they're good. But, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, someone can start like that or just in a more kind of everyday way with just a little guitar idea. And um, sometimes we'll have like, a beat and be playing along with a beat but then the final version might not have that beat um so yeah quite often a song might start with like the energy of a beat yeah um yeah, yeah with this song we tried as much as we could to, to take the beats out yeah um we, to answer your question though my yeah myself and nigel are so c- collaborative that it's um it's quite it's quite something like everything that you see like where whether it's um you know the song structure the song energy the sound um telepathically with lyrics you know the color of the album we're we're constantly in communication with each other yeah nice um now radio um you were doing a residency at uh nts radio uh, when you wrote this record and radio um is a big part of the release of the record as well with all the songs being released to stations uh, before the album itself is released. Um, some say it's dying. Oh, I see new life in radio, a kind of rebirth. What is radio to you two? dying. Oh, you hear it all the time. You hear it all the time. Radio is dying. Dying out. Spotify and everything else is, you know, killing, okay. killing off radio. Yeah. Well, hopefully all those evil streaming companies don't start up their own radio stations that would be oh um, apple already has uh, what's that apple already has oh yeah yeah but it's no yeah yeah right um yeah sorry what was your question oh what is what is radio to you oh i mean um the cliched but true answer is that it is community you Mm -hmm. um yeah like Ever since being a teenager, for me, it's been, you know, when I was stuck at home, it's been like a, a portal to um, to nightlife and gigs and stuff like that that I never would have been to. Um, I'd win tickets on community radio listening at like 2am to like techno shows. I'd win really expensive tickets to raves that I couldn't otherwise afford and be able to meet up with friends there. So that was always like hugely exciting and um, it's a daily um, companion Um, and I think it's great that in Melbourne particularly, Triple R, PBS, stations like that, um, play all sorts of music. You can kind of um, not pass any judgment on it and it just becomes like just the people of your town just playing stuff they like. Um, yeah, it's great. Mm, nice. Nice. What about you, John? 
Well, um, I've had a lot of different experience with with um, with radio, but the main one that comes to mind for this album is um, moving away from the city, as we were just talking about, and being completely isolated up on a, on a mountain, um, and just being connected to um, the voices of PBS and Triple R Community Radio because probably like within every hour there's someone I know like it might be Dave Graney or Dan Luscombe or Jess Lilly or Sophie Miles or you know um there'll be I really like that where it's like oh my mate's on and um but not just that as Nigel was saying I I really enjoy not knowing what music is going to come on next and being outside my comfort zone of my own taste yeah um I, I really enjoy that and I and I think secondary to that is that um, I'm my father and I was a real like um, daddy's little girl my father was the top 10 dad he only listened to whatever was in the top 10 yeah yeah, and, yeah. Um, on the radio and um, I just yeah so I'm, I'm still a bit like that you know he would line up at um, you know record stores like brushes and things like that to get you know cure tapes. And um, and then we would listen to that on the radio and George Michael and things like that. So I'm a real I'm a real pop kid. Yeah, a radio nice. pop. Oh my God, Casey Kasem! I even listened to Casey Kasem as like a toddler, <laughs> and used to tape the Casey Kasem radio show on cassette and then have them all archived in my bedroom. My nice. Bedroom. Nice. I don't even know who Casey Kasem is. Is that like a top 40 chart? Yeah, it's American <laughs> top 40. Casey Kasem's American top 40 was, um, yeah, right. I think it was like an 80s, 80s um, uh, American radio show every Sunday. Did you make mixtapes for like betrothed people and stuff like that? <laughs> Not betrothed, the wrong word. I was the receiver of mixtapes. Yeah, yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it was such a it was such a wonderful art form the mixtape, yeah. in, in that regards it was so great. Uh, yeah, yeah, and like even the way they put you know some, sometimes people would put a lot of thought into track listing on mixtapes. Um, it was great. They would almost tell a story of how they felt. Yeah, marvelous. Well, they were in love with you. Very yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, right, and and this record also um, not only is it um, you know it's got a, a basis in radio and, and you're putting it out uh, in a really special way uh, but there's also it's also part of um, the Melbourne Arts Pro Project program um, Flash Forward can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah um, it's a uh, it's a really great thing to be part of um, they've got 40 um, artists to combine with 40 visual artists um to fill 40 laneways in Melbourne CBD. Um, and yeah, we'll be playing a show in a laneway. 40 minutes. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, uh, when lockdown ends, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we, it was you know essentially a commission. They commissioned us to make a record um, and do a live show. And... Um, came at a great time for us uh we'd already been working on music and um yeah with with a bit of funding we're able to um focus um put our full energy for almost four months into um finishing something um and they press it 
uh, on vinyl. Um, and yeah, uh, it's a gift, um, essentially, from the city of Melbourne. It's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I just realised too, you know how um, I was getting a tattoo, my second only tattoo, um, maybe my last, um, when the news hit of this amazing um, funding through Flash Forward. And I was getting this blue rose at the time. And that's very yeah, nice. There's a, yeah. Anyway, I just. Oh. And that's the album cover. Yes. Ah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, I hope the mayor of, of Dunedin is listening to that and uh, the city of Dunedin, considering he had my job before me. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> he should know. He went straight from, from student radio uh, to, to, to uh, being a city councillor and now he's the mayor. Uh, <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works over here. It's a bit weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so listen up. Listen up, Aaron. Um, brilliant. So the record is out Friday, um, the seventeenth, um, and you'll be able to get it on. When's the vinyl out? Is the vinyl? Have you got the vinyl now? Can we buy it on vinyl straight away? Or vinyl should be available shortly. Um, yeah, we're waiting on updates. As yeah, there's been delays worldwide, really. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's getting pressed up. It's getting pressed up um, at a Melbourne pressing plant, which is kind of new. And yeah, we're hoping for vinyl in a couple of weeks. Really nice, nice. But um, we'll be able to find it on Bank. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, and be able to find it on Bandcamp. Yes, because that's always sure. the way to go. Always Bandcamp. Yeah. Always Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Well, hey, thank you both for joining me this morning. Thank yeah, you so much. That was really fun. It's been a great chat. Rhinestone is out now from Hate Rock. Um, have yourselves a beautiful Melbourne day. I'll go you back too. to bed. Have a beautiful day. Yeah, I'll go back to bed. Uh, and <laughs> and, and um, hopefully we'll talk again. Yeah, yeah that'll thanks. Be was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.